Welcome to this first podcast titled Inside the Athlete's Mind. My name is David Strugel. I'm a professor in communication at Hiram College. I used to work in sports journalism. My guest on this podcast, his name is Andrew White. He's the professor of psychology and the coordinator of the sport management program at Hiram College. He specializes in psychology of sport-related injury and mental skills training for sport performance. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Awesome. Thank you. Well, first of all, let's talk a little bit little bit about your background. What is mental skills training for athletes? Sure. Uh, that's a big question. So it primarily deals with how someone can work with athletes or coaches to take advantage of some of the psychological factors that contribute to performance. Try to optimize those so that you can perform better. That's where people usually hear of sports psychology and mental skills training for sport. Uh, but it's a two-way street, so we also would be interested in how your involvement in sport and physical activity influence psychological development and well-being. Okay, so the purpose of this podcast is to shine a light on uh, current issues in sport that affect the mind and how athletes think and process things. Of course, being March Madness, a lot of people will be keeping tabs on the tournaments. High school basketball tournaments are already a few weeks in, so let's talk about the process of High seeds versus low seeds. If you're a number one seed or if you're playing up, let's say if you're playing against a number one seed, what is your mindset with the expectation that you're likely going to lose? Yeah. So as that 16 seed going up against a one seed, it's uh, kind of no pressure, right? Like There's no expectation for you to win. So you can go out and do your thing. So just play your game. As the one seed, there is some pressure. So if the game's a little bit closer than expected, all of a sudden the crowd gets behind the lower seed, and now you have a lot more pressure. So that's where you see in close games, it stays close. But if that higher seed's able to take off early, uh, it's usually not very competitive at the Division One level that we see that in March Madness. High school level, you also get some of that home court advantage uh, factoring into that. Uh, there's a lot of different variables that affect home court advantage. You know. Uh, referees, fans, influencing referees even. Um, but again, in a close game, that home court advantage can become home court disadvantage where all of a sudden that pressure is just amped up a little bit more because you have fans getting a little antsy about the fact that you're not running away with this game and then the players start pressing a little bit and get out of the rhythm. You went to Minnesota, correct? Correct, for graduate degree. So, okay, so the Big Ten obviously has the conference tournament. Yep. And a lot of teams try to build the resume or think they're building the resume based on what they do in the tournament or hopefully they can get an at-large bid or whatever. Mm -hmm. Is the mental process different or preparing for that tournament or do players even think about the conference tournament? Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> they think about it a lot. Uh, and that's no different Division three versus Division one. that it's – a constant focus so even a lot of higher athletic athletic teams right now they're about to go on spring break they're taking spring break trips and some of the teams have scheduled very tough competition the purpose of that is to prepare for conference play put you in good shape for the conference tournament down the road uh, other teams so you see this in division one football a lot where they schedule some games against very bad competition you pad your stats a little bit you might look pretty good you're four and oh five and oh and then you go into conference play and all of a sudden you're playing a lot harder competition and you're just not prepared. So some teams have different approaches for it, uh, but in a situation where conference tournament and conference play record matters a bit more, so I'm thinking 
uh, basketball, softball, where you have the majority of your games as conference games, uh, that non-conference schedule can be a lot harder. You might risk a few losses along the way. Now, you're also, you work with the women's basketball team here at Hiram College uh, a lot. Um, Just finished their season as well. So how does a coach use that last game as a springboard for the offseason to go into next season or exit interviews? What happens at the end of the season like that? Yeah, so obviously the way you use that last game depends on expectations for it and the end result. Um, In our case, we ended up as the eighth seed going against the one seed in the tournament. They were top five in the country, so it was was a big ask. Uh, And we had a six-hour drive to go there, so a lot of factors were kind of against us there. Uh, But it was our third year in a row making the tournament and losing in the first round. So we don't have any graduating seniors, so that means the juniors had this experience three years in a row. So we can use that. All right, this should be motivation for the offseason. It's the offseason where you put in that work. Use this to try to fuel that uh, development in the offseason. Awesome. This is Inside the Athlete's Mind with uh, Professor Andrew White. He specializes in sports psychology. I'm David Strugel, professor in communication at Hiram College. January 26th of this year uh, unfortunately provided us with one of those where were you when you heard the news moments. On that day, Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven others were, were killed in a helicopter crash. The death of the Lakers legend was felt around the world. The Lakers postponed a game. Teams held tributes by running out the shot clock, and then they violated the eight-second backcourt rule. My question, Andrew, how do athletes and teams cope with a loss such as this? There's no one answer, uh, so it's going to be really individualized. And you saw a lot of teams doing something as a tribute, and that works at a big scale so that everyone knows that we're thinking about this, we're here with you. At the individual level, it's going to vary quite a bit. A lot of athletes would really prefer to think about it, so just actually engage in those emotions for a little bit and realize this is what I'm playing for. That works a little bit better if it's a personal loss, so a lot of the athletes in the NBA were close to Kobe, so it made sense for them as, you know, this is for Kobe. Uh, if it were a figure they weren't as close to, that, that may not work. Uh, for other people, trying to cope with that loss, you might write a letter to him, uh, just actually processing it, letting him know what he meant to you, uh, and and just using that as your motivation to continue. It was really hard watching Larry Nance Jr., who, whose rookie year was Kobe's last year. And then the first game after Kobe's passing, I think the Cavs were playing the Pistons. I can't remember who. But Larry Nance was visibly crying on the bench. And mm-hmm. then after the National Anthem, walked to the locker room for a little bit, processed, came back out, and checked into the game. And it was just rough to see how he handled uh, the grief. You know, you're around teams all the time, and athletes are very much in a routine, practice, mm-hmm. meals, whatever. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah. So routines are great to give you stability and consistency. Uh, that that can help with major events that happen outside of the sport so that you can just get into your rhythm. You know exactly how to prepare. You get to the right level of anxiety or uh, you're focused right. Uh, all of that really prepares you for the game, and it lets you create that separation between your outside life and your sport competition life. Awesome. Anything you want to add? Uh, well, you, you made the example about Larry Nance Jr., and just a good example of how athletes handle things differently. So Carmelo Anthony was really close to Kobe. He actually stepped away from the game for a little bit. I don't remember if it was just one or two games or if it was a little bit longer, but he needed that time to process and uh, stay close with the remainder of Kobe's family and uh, 
communicate with them. So. Awesome. Well, this is an exciting start. This is called a po- this is a podcast called Inside the Athlete's Mind. His name is Andrew White, professor of psychology at Hiram College. Andrew, thank you. We'll Absolutely. do more of these. My name is David Strukel, professor of communication at Hiram College. If you have a topic that you think we should address, tweet at me at docstruke, D-O-C-S-T-R-U-K-E, and we'll cover it on a future recording. And this is Inside the Athlete's Mind. Thank you for listening. Thank you.